So every criminal investigator knows that if you want to understand the deep state, you have to follow the money. If you want to understand any crime, you follow the money. And so we talked about following the money, and we, it led, of course, to George Soros, is one of the very important people. But aside from George Soros, there's this huge, huge network of mega wealthy deep state money men. And um, I don't want to talk so much about the wealthy deep state money men today. We'll deal with more of them uh, at a future date. Uh, we'll do one on the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds and you know some of these other um, mega, mega wealthy deep state money people. But I want to talk about one of the key tools that they use to advance their objectives and to stash all their cash. And these are the huge foundations. Okay, so what, what happens here is these uh, deep state money men, people like George Soros, for example, who's been convicted of insider trading is a good example. They make all this money. They loot all this money from humanity uh, using different schemes. Insider trading is, is one obvious one. Um, and then they stash all this money in tax exempt foundations where they don't have to pay taxes on it. So Soros puts his money in the Open Society Institute, right? Uh, then you have uh, Bill Gates, who puts his money in the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. You have, of course, the Rockefeller Foundations, where the Rockefeller oil dynasty hides a lot of their money. Then you have the Ford Foundation, which have, has since been uh, hijacked by deep state radical leftist uh, maniacs. You have uh, the Carnegie Foundation and many, many others like this, right? Um, they take all this money and then they use it. They weaponize this money uh, against the American people. So the Gates Foundation, for example, was one of the top, in fact, the top other than taxpayers, financiers of the Common Core, the, the nationalization and the dumbing down, further dumbing down, I should say, of our education system. Uh, before that, you had obviously the Rockefellers and the Carnegies playing a major role in education. And we'll come back to that through their foundations. Uh, then you have the Soros Foundation. Go back and watch our Soros video, which is one of our popular ones. Um, you know, the Soros Foundation then goes out and funds uh, Occupy Wall Street and it funds riots and Black Lives Matter and Catholics for Choice, you know, Catholics for Abortion, the subversion of churches, promoting globalism, all these different things. You know, there have been several congressional investigations and reports coming out of these activities, and they're worth taking a look at. So, um, in 2014, there was a really, really interesting report that came out of the Senate Environment Committee, and it exposed this network of foundations. It referred to it as a, the Billionaires Club. And um, they argued in this report that this Billionaires Club literally created the Green Movement. So this explosive 92-page study called The Chain of Environmental Command, How a Club of Billionaires and Their Foundations Control the Environmental Movement and Obama's EPA. Now, um, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about this report, but we need to recognize it's not just the environmental movement, right? Uh, it's all these different movements. Feminism, right, was bankrolled by the Rockefeller Foundation. So many of these movements that we're told are just grassroots uprisings of Americans demanding justice, blah, blah, blah. Absolute baloney. These, these are grassroots uh, in name only, right? They're astroturf movements that are financed by the Billionaires Club. But I think this one exposing how they, they've got their fingerprints all over the environmental movement will really show you how they work. So I want to give you some quotes, quotes from there. Uh, they say that this uh, Billionaires Club is a, is a close-knit network of like-minded funders, environmental activists, and government bureaucrats who specialize in manufacturing phony grassroots movements and promoting bogus propaganda disguised as science and news to spread an anti-fossil energy message to the unknowing public. 
And one of the really interesting things that they showed in this report is that, uh, first of all, they'll fund the production of you know phony studies. Then they'll disseminate their propaganda through propaganda outlets that they also fund, like Mother Jones Magazine or Huffington Post, things like this that are also on the dole of the Billionaires Club. Uh, here's one example that came out of the report. They said, quote, in one example, a story reporting on a Park Foundation-supported anti-fracking study was reproduced by a park-funded news organization through a park-funded media collaboration where it was then further disseminated on Twitter by the maker of a park-backed anti-fracking movie. Uh, so that's direct from the report, right? It gives you some sense of how artificial this all is, right? And then CNN fake news picks it up and, uh, and acts like it's a legitimate news story. Uh, some of the organizations that they identified in the Senate report from 2014, you know, the Rockefeller Brothers Fund, uh, the Schmidt Family Foundation, which was created by the head of Google, Eric Schmidt, right, a regular Bilderberg attendee, Council on Foreign Relations, all, all the deep state organizations uh, he's tied with. Then you have uh, the Heinz Family Foundation, right, controlled by uh, Secretary of, former Secretary of State John Kerry's wife. Uh, another one they mentioned is the Sea Change Foundation. And we, we've done some reporting on this recently because they were funding all these ridiculous green groups at the UN summit. And um, one of the things that they didn't want to tell you at the UN or anywhere else is that the Sea Change Foundation, in addition to getting all this money from the Billionaires Club, is also getting money from the Kremlin. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, so uh, the, the Congress found out that money was going from the Kremlin to a shell corporation registered in Bermuda called Klein Limited. And then Klein Limited would launder this money and send it along to the Sea Change Foundation, which would launder it some more and then distribute it to so-called green organizations in the United States that all demand you know, global slavery, global carbon taxes, keep all the energy in the ground, make Americans poor, take away all our liberty, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So they use these phony tax deductible charitable contributions. Um, and, and, you know, this is interesting, too, because in the report they talked about this might even be a legal violation. They, they funnel all this money into these 501c3 tax exempt foundations that are supposed to be for educational purposes or you know philanthropic purposes. They're not supposed to be allowed to lobby, uh, to get involved in the political process, to uh, meddle in elections. And yet what these 501c3 foundations are doing that are funded by these billionaires, they then funnel that money that they got tax exempt into 501c4 organizations that do lobby and that do campaign for candidates and that do get involved promoting deep state backed government policies. Now, uh, in the report, they actually argue that there, there's the potential that this dark money has been in violation of U.S. law. You know, they're, they're, they're influencing elections using these shady foundations and 501c3 corporations. But of course, this is nothing new, and the Congress knows it. Right. Back in 1952, our Congress got really suspicious that all these big foundations, supposedly funded by capitalists, were running around promoting communism and collectivism. They said, well, that's not good. So they set up the Select Committee to Investigate Tax-Exempt Foundations and Comparable Organizations. Uh, this was also known as the Cox Committee and then later the Reese Committee. And uh, some of the tasks that they were charged with was to look into these foundations and why they seemed to be supporting communism. Turns out they were supporting communism, but it was even worse than members of Congress had realized at first. Um, the guy who led a lot of these investigations, his name was Norman Dodd. He was the head of research, the uh, staff director for this committee. Um, he had a really interesting um, dealing with the president of the Ford Foundation, uh, President Rowan Geither. And so uh, after he was assigned to, to run this investigation, uh, Geither called him into his office and actually explained to him that what they were doing was ordering, uh, obeying directives that were coming out of the White House, you know, deep state operatives in the White House. And they were trying to so alter life in the United States that it could be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union. Don't take my word for it. 
here is Mr. Dodd explaining this all for himself. Check this out. That what we had uncovered was a determination of these large endowed foundations through their trustees to actually get control over the content of American education. There's quite a bit of publicity given to your conversation with uh, Rowan Gaither. Uh, would you please tell us who he was and what was that conversation you had with him? Rowan Gaither was at that time president of the Ford Foundation. And um, uh, Mr. Gaither had sent for me when I found it convenient to be in New York, asked me to call upon him at his office, which I did. And on arrival, after a few amenities, Mr. Gaither said, Mr. Dodd, we've asked you to come up here this today because we thought that possibly off the record you would tell us why the Congress is interested in the activities of foundations such as ourselves. And um, before I could think of how I would reply to that statement, Mr. Gaither then went on voluntarily and stated, he said, Mr. Dodd, all of us that have a hand in the making of policies here have had experience either with the OSS during the war or European Economic Administration after the war. We've had experience operating under directives, and these directives emanate and did emanate from the White House. Now, we still operate under just such directives. Would you like to know what the substance of these directives is? And I said, yes, Mr. Gaither, I'd like very much to know. <coughs> Whereupon he made this statement to me, namely, Mr. Dodd, we here operate on similar, in response to similar directives, the substance of which is that we shall use our grant-making power so to alter life in the United States that it can be comfortably merged with the Soviet Union. Well, parenthetically, um, Mr. Griffin, I nearly fell off the chair. I, of course, didn't, but um, my response to Mr. Gaither then was, oh, Mr. Gaither, I can now answer your first question. You forced the Congress of the United States to spend $150,000 to find out what you just told me. So why don't you tell <clears throat> I said, of course, legally, you're entitled to um, make grants for, the, for this purpose. But I don't think you're entitled to withhold that information from the people of the country to whom you're indebted for your tax exemption. So why don't you tell the people of the country with what you told me? And his answer was, we would not think of doing any such thing. So then I said, well, Mr. Gaither, obviously, you forced the Congress to spend this money in order to find out what you just told me.
So the final report from this organization would blow your mind. You should get a copy of it and read it. They, they tried to get rid of as many copies as they could. Incredible information in here. And so what this report found was that these foundations were promoting internationalism and moral relativism. They said, quote, some of the larger foundations have directly supported subversion in the true meaning of that term, namely the process of undermining some of our vitally protective concepts and principles. Uh, the report also said, quote, they have actively supported attacks upon our social and governmental system and financed the promotion of socialism and collectivist ideas. Uh, they said these foundations had used the education system to bring about what the report described as oligarchical collectivism. Right. Um, for you people, for layman's out there who don't know what that means. Can't blame you, right? Uh, but this is essentially collectivism ruled by an oligarchy, right? Uh, think Soviet Union, think communist China, think Cuba, right? Basically totalitarian collectivism run by an oligarchy. Uh, and in this report, they concluded that there actually already had been a revolution. They said the revolution was in the past tense, that it had happened before, and that it never would have been possible unless, quote, education in the United States had been prepared in advance to endorse it. Um, in the final report, they, they said that uh, these foundations had, quote, supported a conscious distortion of history. They said they were propagandizing blindly for the United Nations as the only hope for the world. Uh, one of the experts they quoted uh, was an attorney, uh, Aaron Sargent, who had a background in special investigations, especially education and subversion. And he was quoted as saying, this movement is closely related to Fabian socialism. He said, quote, they sought to create a blackout of history by slanting and distorting historical facts. He said they introduced a new and revolutionary philosophy, one based on the teachings of John Dewey. And if you don't remember John Dewey, go back and watch our, uh, our episode on education. This is really the architect of the so-called public school system that today is dumbing down and indoctrinating our children. Um, they used uh, two key foundations to do the education hijacking. Uh, the Carnegie Foundation was one of them. Uh, Carnegie, of course, was literally controlled by the Soviet Union, right? At one point, uh, it was run by Soviet agent Alger Hiss, who, uh, who represented the United States at the founding of the United Nations. We actually put him in prison because uh, he was working for Stalin at the time. And so they focused on the international education, basically globalizing the indoctrination system. Meanwhile, the Rockefeller Foundations were in charge of the domestic education scene. So they financed people like John Dewey and his experimental school at uh, the University of Chicago and later his scheming over at the University of uh, or Columbia University. Now, aside from controlling the education system, um, and in fact, one of the ways they got control of the education system was through securing control of the entire money supply. This happened back in 1913 when they were able to get the Federal Reserve Act passed into law. So uh, in a different interview, that last interview that I just showed you, that was an interview with uh, G. Edward Griffin, uh, who uh, at the time was working with the John Birch Society and had a long history of working with the John Birch Society. Uh, this is another interview uh, with Norman Dodd. This one was done by Dr. Stanley uh, Monteith. And um, I want you to check this out. Well, listen to what uh, Norman Dodd says about their hijacking of our money supply and how they use that to get control of our education system. Check this out. Mr. Dodd, what did you find out was the stated objective and goals of the great American foundations? We found out, Doctor, that these foundations had as their objective the orientation of the people of this country to the idea of collectivism and uh, thereby nullifying for good and all of uh, the commitment of the country to individualism, which was the feature of the country at the beginning. 
Now, how did they go about doing this? Well, primarily they did it, Doctor, by, uh, by uh, securing control of what is known as the money supply of the people of this country. You're speaking now of the money supply that was going into education. Well, it's the money supply of the, of the people of the country as a whole. And how did they do this? They did this by working out a system of banking, which was foreign in its concept, but it enabled it, debt to be what we call monetized, transformed into bank deposits. Now, how did they specifically set out to influence education in America? Why, by, by having at their disposal unlimited quantities of this newly created money and being able to reward uh, the personalities who were active in the world of education, administratively as well as academically. Were they able to influence the textbooks or the teachers? Yes, they were. They were able to get, see that textbooks were almost produced by on order and assuring the publishers of textbooks of the funds necessary to make a publication of those books profitable. So there you have it, folks. Uh, you have these deep state criminals are looting the American people. They're stashing all their loot in these tax-exempt foundations. Then they're using that money to wage a war on America, on humanity, on God, on the church, on freedom, on all of us, right? And uh, if they get their way, it is going to usher in a period of darkness like the world has not seen uh, in a very long time, if ever. So anyways, folks, I'm Alex Newman. This is Behind the Deep State. Thank you very much for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, do all those things so we can get the word out. Very important that we get the word out if we want to stop these people. Uh, yeah, they have billions, trillions of dollars in their tax-exempt foundations. Yeah, they control the money supply. But guess what? All the lies in the world cannot compete with truth. And we don't need billions and trillions of dollars to promote the truth. The truth will stand on its own. If you will help out, get involved, share this with your friends, family, neighbors, pastors, uh, rabbis, whoever it is. And uh, until next time, again, I'm Alex Newman. Thank you for watching and God bless.